Welcome to the Black on Black Education Podcast, where we interview the most brilliant minds and connected hearts to discuss our shared passion for the transformation, the revolution, reimagining, and recreation of education in the Black community. My name is Eva Loren Jean Charles, founder of Black on Black Education and New York City High School teacher. And I'm Jamal Thomas, her partner and dad, education enthusiast. And we're, and we're your, your host. host. Please don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe. And most importantly, to enjoy the episode. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Black on Black Education podcast. As always, we start the episodes with the question to our guest, who are you, what do you do, and why do you do it? Um, Hi, my name is Andrea Baysmore. I am... Uh, the owner and director of the Black Apple. Um, so the Black Apple is a uh, virtual school. We're also a curriculum company, and then we have uh, dev- several um, uh, offshoot businesses from uh, my original company, the Black Apple. Um, uh, so I created a virtual school during the pandemic last year, um, just because I saw that there was nothing created um, that worked really well in virtual education for black and brown kids. And, um, you know, having done some curriculum writing myself, been a public educator, worked in ed tech, uh, I said, you know what, I can do better than most of the school districts, and I did. And so that is what I created. Well, I mean, that is so impressive. Like just to think about everything that was going on during the pandemic for you to be able to go and create um, something that supports students. So just talk about like, what was the experience like? What happened when you said, I'm starting this school, we're doing this thing. Um, How did you do outreach? How did students kind of tap into what you were doing? Yeah, Uh, so, you know, at that time it was uh, late June, early July, um, and I had had COVID. Um, uh, that would be, that was my second time having COVID and now I'm got the Delta virus, which is my third time having COVID. Um, and you know, because I'm immune compromised and get sick very easily. Um, I was, you know, you know, sitting at home, uh, having a bunch of food delivered to myself because, you, you know, when you have COVID, um, it's really important that you eat. Um, because what happens if you don't eat, that's when you kind of end up in the, the hospital um, with pneumonia. Um, so I was just sitting there and I was like, you know, the school district isn't giving me any answers. Kind of, you know, deja vu um, what we're in right now. Um, and I was like, well, I can let the school district kind of detail my health for me. And, you know, maybe I'll get sick again. Maybe I won't. Um, or I can just, you know, create my own. Uh, school. Um, so I literally created the school within a month. Um, my <clears throat> grandma was a teacher. Um, and uh, when I was born, she actually purchased um, some bond money for me and told me to save it for um, for my education. And I uh, never used it. And I just got this calling from, from her, and she's since passed, um, to, you know, use that money to start my own school. And so that is literally what I did. Um, I like used all the money that I had in my bank and, you know, the bond money and um, created an educational system that 
uh, was rooted in community. Um, I had students from all over um, the world, actually, um, my first couple months and still do. Uh, and now uh, we're growing, we're expanding. Um, we're almost in all 50 states. That's my goal for this year is to be in all 50 states. Um, we're in Canada, Austria, Mexico, London. Uh, and it's just been a really, really awesome uh, thing to have created and to have it work too. Um, you know, lots of virtual schools that are created from the public school system don't work, um, but ours, ours has. Um, you know, we've uh, had an average of about four years of reading and math growth, closed equity gaps, uh, and now have kids who are thriving and moving from surviving. So it's pretty cool. Absolutely. I mean, it's more than cool. It's revolutionary. And so I would mm -hmm. love for you to be able to like give us some of the tangible, right? What are the things that you have seen um, change whether it's with families and parents, the dynamic, or what's how students feel about school, uh, what is what have you seen kind of happen uh, to students as they've made this transition into a into a virtual school? Yeah. Uh, so, what I have seen um, is first, you know, the families that I have, um, uh, I'd say ninety five percent are um, uh, Black, Indigenous, or um, Latinx uh, families. Uh, um, we we do have uh, some Asian American families as well in our in our school, um, but a lot of them have come to our school because they had trauma in the school system. Their kids have trauma um, uh, as you know, uh, black people parents had trauma um, because they were told that their kids. Uh, were not going to succeed within the system or wanted to put, you know, restrictions on them. I mean, everything that we, we know and um, that articles tell us, um, it's just in real life. Uh, having, you know, lots of, um, lots of students who um, do have a special education, uh, <clears throat> um, either a disability um, or learning difference in the school, putting labels on them. Uh, and so instead of, you know, seeing maybe their, their traumas as uh, deterrence, I look at that and I listen. Um, and for so many of our parents, it was like, you know, I'm not being listened to in the school system. And so listening to that, hearing their pain um, and saying, OK, let's come together and let's create something uh, that works for everyone. Um, so first months of school, um, oh, we did this. Uh, last year, we're doing it again. Um, uh, we focus on social emotional learning and getting to know the kids, having them bond with each other, just letting them be social um, and <clears throat> forming that trust that we know we're supposed to at the beginning of the school. <clears throat> Typically, we can't in a public school setting because we're so focused on testing, getting to know where kids are, understanding those gaps, which I understand. Um, but because we are year round, um, because we uh, do have so many, you know, tutoring systems available, um, other outlets, we can spend the month and get to know our kids for who they are and our families, too. Um, and so uh, after, you know, the first month of school, um, that's when we test kids. That's when we get to know, OK, what are their educational gaps? Um, that first month, I'm really assessing their social emotional health. 
um, and uh, closing gaps with that. Um, so with pre-K, it looks like having kids understand what emotion, the six core emotions are, kind of what you've seen in Inside Out. It's kind of what we go to. Um, with the rest of our kids, it's um, understanding if they have uh, social gaps as far as, you know, maybe not making friends, maybe they've been bullied or harassed or made fun of their hair. That's a really big, you know, target for a lot of um, our, our black students is their hair. Um, I had a student who actually cut her hair in the middle of class because her teacher was picking on her hair. Um, and that's, I, I see very similar things happening still. Um, and uh, so once we bond as a school, um, then we kind of get to know what kids want to do, what kids like to do, and build a curriculum off of that. So some kids like skateboarding. So um, got in touch with a, a school that has a skateboarding curriculum so that one student could do that. Lots of our kids like YouTube, create a YouTube curriculum for them. And within those things that they like to do, uh, uh, getting to teach them state standards within that. So, you know, YouTube has, actually has a lot of writing. Um, so putting those writing standards within that. Um, lots of our kids like to make doll clothes and do fashion. Well, there's a lot of math in fashion. Um, so that's how we that's how we teach. I mean, I, I mean, I think you're you're really hitting all of those things that we want to see in our school system, but the school system is so resistant to having. Um, so <laughs> I would love for you to just take the opportunity to talk a little bit about one, just giving people like how many students are would be in a class. Like, what does it? What would it look like to enroll their child um, into into the school so that they begin to understand? how students can take on virtual learning and still have these in, these incredible outcomes. Mm, yeah. Um, so what it looks like enrolling into our school uh, is um, first, uh, I get to know um, all of my parents and my students. Um, so they, uh, we start out with having a call with me. Um, and what that allows me to do is to hear um, everyone's educational story. So everyone has a story of their education. And what I get to do is I get to know everyone's story. So I know, okay, maybe these people will mesh, maybe they won't. Um, and I uh, put students uh, together with, and students and families together um, with people of their similar interests. Um, anime is really important, um, is really um, uh, an interest in our school. So Lots of kids were made fun of because they liked anime. So we, you know, started an anime club. Some kids love that. Some kids don't. Some kids love Roblox. Some kids love uh, uh, the kids who really likes flying and airplanes. Um, and so what that allows me to do is kind of have a database of, you know, who do we have in our school? Um, but uh, not just students, but families, too, uh, and understanding what parents have gone through. Um, because it's as important as it is for our students to connect with each other, our parents connecting with each other is also important. Uh, we want to make sure that we are holistically a community. Um, and so uh, I connect parents with one another. Uh, maybe it's uh, they've got similar business structures or uh, someone starting a business and someone uh, uh, not having a little bit more business knowledge. Um, maybe they've uh, uh, 
both parents have gone through divorces and they need to create, you know, a, a community system uh, of support through that. Um, uh, we've got a lot of parents who um, survived uh, domestic abuse, um, some parents who are homeless uh, during our school and, uh, you know, creating those community a community within it, a community um, to uh, network and help each other out. Um, then I get to know uh, the kids one-on-one. -on -one. Um, so not, I'm not only uh, evaluating what they like to do, but evaluating, you know, how they function. Um, if they have, you know, any speech, language, um, uh, developmental concerns, uh, I uh, connect them with a provider that uh, can help them out either virtually or in person, depending on where they live. Um, so we have a whole network of uh, speech and language pathologists that we use, um, uh, people that help with uh, autism and ABA. Um, and how we fund that is um, uh, throughout the school year, our students are creating businesses. Um, so we, I mentioned in our fashion, uh, we have a fashion class and students created um, a fashion line uh, based off of things that they learned in class. Um, we have a jewelry making class and uh, students got to create their jewelry wholesale. I bought it at a wholesale price and then got to resell it on our online marketplace. We have a, a book coming out for Black History um, that we created. It's a book of poems um, that's chronological and alphabetical, um, A through Z and numerically as well. Um, and so uh, that's that's how we function as our school. It's, you know, maybe not as many uh, things that you would put on a, a fridge or um, things like that, but we're creating something tangible that you could purchase um, uh, with, uh, as well as teaching kids different skills. Uh, so kids get to see their work, they get to be proud of their work, um, and they get to, uh, uh, kind of see the fruits of their labor on a, a wide marketplace, which is something that schools have not done yet. Absolutely. Um, and so talk a little bit about the, the age of the students that you serve, because I can see a bunch of people sitting here being like, yeah, of course, older students can do this and that. Like talk a little bit about the age of the students and bring into that um, what you have found in terms of virtual schooling versus um, in-person schooling and how students are able um, to still mm -hmm. learn in a virtual setting. Yeah, so we have, um, our school is pre-K through ninth grade. Um, we were pre-K through E3 last year, but we just, uh, we had lots of families that loved our, how we school, and so we added on the high school. Um, so our pre-K uh, and kindergarten students, um, they school with us 30 minutes a day, um, and each day we have a different uh, a thing that we focus on. So Monday we focus on literature and uh, just getting to know, uh, falling in love with reading. Tuesday we do science. Um, uh, so um, I mail all my students their materials and uh, we do crafts. Um, uh, we're focused on planting uh, the school year on Tuesdays. Um, Wednesdays we do social emotional health. Um, so we really get into um, what does it mean to have sadness? What does it mean to have anger? Um, and uh, understanding that no emotion is right or wrong. It just is. And so being comfortable with whatever their emotional state is, or if they want to change the emotional state, how do you do that? Um, Thursdays, we do math. 
Um, and so for pre-K, that looks like focusing on counting. Um, for kindergarten, uh, focusing on um, addition, subtraction, missing addends, things like that. And then Friday, um, we kind of let them choose what they like to do. Um, so we had 100% of our pre-K students that started with us be kindergarten ready, 100% of kindergarten students uh, be ready to um, uh, go into any academic topic that they wanted to focus on and learn. Um, and 30 minutes a day allows for our kids to be focused, uh, uh, but also get you know kind of what they need to um, have mastered um, as far as you know their kindergarten standards or pre-K standards. Um, so what in in comparison to virtual learning and in-person learning, um, what I see is not a whole lot of difference um, as far as educational attainment. So. Uh, one of the reasons why I don't see a huge difference is, one, because we're not schooling all day virtually. Um, our pre-K students and kindergarten students, like I said, school 30 minutes a day, and we cover all academic standards. Um, and our first through ninth graders school with us um, a maximum of two hours a day online. Um, they also have some, they, um, ha we have two uh, reading and math platforms that we utilize. Uh, to help uh, close their academic gaps if they have any. Um, and so that does help help us out. And depending on their age, depends on how long they um, are reading or doing math. Uh, uh, but uh, because we uh, allow kids to come as they are, you know, I don't require them to look a certain way. I don't require require myself to look a certain way. This is, you know, it's still my house. Um, uh, they can school with the camera on or off. Um, doesn't matter to me, uh, whatever they're comfortable with. Um, that allows them to be, you know, authentically themselves in a way that uh, maybe other public school systems uh, don't allow. And so um, uh, we also meet in person um, often. Um, so we've, we did have scheduled a meeting person once a month, but given Delta, um, we're going to have to move that back until 2022. Um, uh, but when I meet kids in person, they're literally the exact person that they are online. And that's because they're not, you know, putting up any any sort of a front. Um, they are who they are. Um, I know their families. I know who's in the background. Um, I know, you know, kind of what their, their home rules are with the computer um, because I know their families so well. Uh, and so uh, that makes a difference, um, getting to be who you who you authentically are instead of, you know, having to feel like you're still buttoned up even within your household. Um, uh, that makes a difference. And that's kind of been one of the things that has allowed us to have a lot of success. I'm, I'm definitely hearing that. I'm definitely hearing that. And I think it connects so well to the question that I want to ask about social emotional learning. I know you've talked about um, why it's so important and how it's ingrained in the school. Um, wh what skills, what social emotional skills are students learning on a day-to-day -day basis when they're in a place where they feel loved and cared for? Um, and how are you seeing changes from the beginning when you first met them or they first started virtually schooling with you all um, to kind of when they get to the end of the year or three months later or five months later, what is that trajectory looking like? Yeah. Uh, I think it's so important that we um, start out with social emotional learning. Um, a lot of schools, you know, want to really be on the forefront of SEL. Um, and what I would say is, 
<clears throat> some of the grace I feel that you could get for um, not only yourself, but for your school, is having a highly qualified counselor and therapist at your school. Um, so we had um, a mental health fund um, where kids, um, if they wanted to see a therapist, we would cover the cost of that therapist. Um, and we did so through fundraisers and um, uh, lots of uh, things before we had businesses um, that were functioning. Um, and so um, what I learned from that is uh, uh, one, a, a lot about, you know, myself, because, um, you know, I, I um, uh, not only did we have that mental health um, therapy fund, um, I would also pay my teachers um, $100 per hour, um, allowing them to, you know, uh, make a living wage. And um, a lot of my teachers were saying, hey, you know, I actually do need to go to therapy um, because I'm, you know, we're still in this pandemic. Um, so taking care of our families, taking care of our teachers first was essential and also taking care of myself was essential. Um, so, you know, I had a lot of days um, uh, during the pandemic where I was like, I am like not mentally ready to teach. I either, you know, for me, I had to stay plugged into the news. and I still have to. And that takes a toll on your mental health. Um, we had I was I also live in Dallas in Texas and during you know the whole winter storm um, that was really um, it was definitely traumatic um, being here um, so uh, what allows so putting community first and having social emotional learning as the forefront of our school of um, our background um, allowed kids to um, have empathy um, for each other and I had empathy for kids you know, some kids um, were not ready to um, learn uh, some days, and that's okay. Um, so we have started off uh, with, um, we have a thermometer that we use. Um, and so um, we take a temperature check um, on a kid's social emotional health. And so um, if they are not feeling ready to do virtual learning, we just, you know, we say that's okay. We let them, you know, take a nap. We let them. <coughs> go get a snack. <coughs> Excuse me. Go get a snack. Uh, uh, some of them don't like to be on camera, and that's okay. Um, so we let them turn their cameras off. Um, we let them bounce around. Um, we don't have like stationary activities that kids absolutely have to do uh, right then and there. Um, and if some kids need to take um, three months to finish um, a class, we let them go at their pace. Um, because, you know, it's, it's not a race, it's not a, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And um, uh, being a person's best emotional self is what really matters. Um, uh, we teach kids coping skills um, uh, beyond just yoga um, or meditation. That doesn't always work with everyone. Um, so kids um, starting in pre-K know, hey, I have sadness. Okay, here are some ways that you can, you know, help with your sadness if you want to. Um, you can cry. You can listen to music. You can dance. You can um, take a nap. And we let students choose what they need for their health. <coughs> I mean, that's, I mean, it's so important. I think you have some of the leeway to do that because you are a year, year-round school. Students have more opportunities and more access to you. Um, so I definitely appreciate hearing that part. And so, if we could talk a little bit about um, 
kind of how you came to the mindset, right? You So you already <laughs> talked about your inspiration for starting uh, Black Apple School, but what is, is, how has your mindset shifted in terms of teaching and learning with students since actually doing it in real time? Yeah, um, so some of the things that I started out reading, um, I've been um, a longtime lover of uh, Ken Robinson's work. Um, uh, he passed away in 2020, but creative um, schooling. Um, you know, he had the like number one TED talk um, about school. Um, so his work is really revolutionary. Um, uh, there's, um, gosh, uh, uns unschooling. Let's see. Um, there's uns unschooling the mind. Um, how children think in uh, how schools teach. Um, that's a really good uh, uh, book. Um, also, uh, who else's work? Oh, oh Chris Ep uh, Emden. Um, uh, I uh, worked really closely with him with, um, in hip hop ed um, and just love his work as well. Um, uh, so just really diving into texts that I really loved and uh, revisiting those texts during the pandemic were really important to me to kind of reinvest myself in education. Um, and uh, so some of the things that I um, started out doing was, you know, planning heavily um, with virtual learning and, you know, getting all my lessons together and um, making sure that I was you know, um, as what I would do in person, I would kind of mirror um, virtually. Um, and what people have to realize is that doesn't really work. Um, virtual learning is totally different um, as far as how you deliver a lesson, how you pace a lesson. It's completely different um, virtually. Um, so uh, what we had to do is take a lot of the fluff out um, of education. Um, so, you know, we use Eureka Math. Um, and at our school, and there's a lot of like hands-on teacher-delivered lessons, and so I would try to mimic that, but it like was not working. And so what I did was I took all of that fluff out and just gave the problems to the kids. Um, and what happened was they would actually solve more um, and get more done if I just got out the way um, and remediated any education that they didn't understand. And so what that told me is, you know, a lot of times we like to hold kids' hands for doing uh, the work. But if we just let kids, you know, attempt a problem or try to figure it out themselves, um, they're going to learn a lot more than us holding their hands step by step along the way. Um, and so I started to... Uh, not do a lot of live lessons, um, meaning like lecture. Um, I would give students a problem and have them research it, have them find the solution. Um, and uh, we got through a lot more content a lot faster. And not only could we get through that content, they, would, they were mastering things that they weren't mastering before um, because they had a teacher that had trust and faith in them. Um, and so then we started doing projects together. Um, so kids created, um, we have a podcast that kids do. 
um, during the school year. And I literally don't do anything except edit it all together. And actually, kids are going to start editing it um, this coming school year. Um, uh, and so they literally tell me what they want to research. I help kind of direct them. And uh, they create what they want. Um, you know, it's very much student led. I'm, uh, I don't like people to tell, say that I'm a CEO because I'm much more of a director. They kind of focus and created the school of what they wanted. And I just, you know, um, find the resources that they need. Um, they, our students created our mission statement, our vision statement, um, our diversity and equity statement, um, our uh, statement on uh, uh, inclusivity and LGBTQ inclusive in our school like they created everything I just you know gave them the tools to do so and I think that's why they like our school so much is because they um uh, uh they they say that they they like our school because uh they get to fully understand what they want to learn uh and they get to you know kind of write the course um for what they want to do so that's why they like to stay in you know, be here. I, I mean, I love it. And so I think like, as we begin to round out the conversation, I would love for you to share with folks how they hear, see, understand more about the Black Apple School and opportunities to, let's say they're not ready to make the jump and put their child in a, in a, in a virtual school, but want their school um, to implement some of the practices that you all have, have created. So just um, give them an idea of how to contact you, how to get involved with what you're doing so that they can begin to really uplift this sort of education that you're providing uh, to students? Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, you can uh, contact us at the Black Apple for Ed. Um, that's our handle on Twitter, on Facebook, Instagram, all kind of social media handles. Um, we have um, the Black Apple Teacher Store.com, um, which is our uh, teacher store um, and curriculum site. Um, it's also the site where we'll house our. Um, fashion lines um, coming up soon. Um, uh, you can always email me if uh, you're interested in what we do. Um, Andrea Baysmore at theblackapple.org. Um, uh, we will be doing, you know, some more professional developments now that, you know, I've gotten the structure down for our school. We'll be going into doing um, more PDs and um, teacher and school led things. Um, and I also have a, a Teachers Pay Teacher store um, where I'll put some of our curriculum up. Um, and it's the Black Apple. Um, uh, we really um, love what we do. We love, you know, uh, learning about social emotional health and um, also putting, you know, a cultural context into everything that we do. Um, so letting kids, you know, see themselves reflected back in the curriculum. Um, uh, not only just um, with race, but um, their ethnicity as well. Um, so we really get into, you know, who our kids are, who our students are, who our families are, and design a curriculum that reflects them. Um, so it's very, very bespoke, very customized, um, and it works. I love it. I absolutely love it. And so, I mean, we always get to our last question. It's the same every single episode. Uh, we turn the tides and you as the interviewee get to become the interviewer and ask uh, Black and Black Education a question. Yeah. Um, so 
Uh, now that we're in, you know, this second go round of COVID and rising rates, um, how are how are you doing uh, uh, mentally, emotionally, physically, uh, uh, given this, you know, new new news? Yeah, I I mean I really appreciate that question. Uh, I. <sighs> I'm grateful, and that sounds weird, um, but I'm mm -hmm. grateful that I'm healthy. Most of the family and friends and people in my immediate circle are healthy. Um, and just my my biggest hope is to talk with when I get into the classroom because New York City. I don't know if they're going to go back on it, but supposedly right. New York City is going back into the building. No ifs ands or buts about it. No virtual option. So um, mm -hmm. it like I'm going to be in the building with my students next year. And I just have to be a part of giving them the information, giving them um, the information that I have and then I don't have, working with them and better understanding how to keep themselves safe and the people that they love safe. Um, but me, I'm, I'm really just in a position, thankfully, where I'm healthy and I'm safe. And I just want to kind of communicate to others how I'm staying healthy and safe and hope that they can do all the do, do that as well. And for folks who don't have the opportunity to say I'm healthy and safe, uh, we all have to be each other's keepers and think about how we can we can support others when we are doing well in a bad situation. Yeah, absolutely. It's so important. You know, you gotta, you gotta do what you have to. I mean, we were gonna come to New York in August and we have to move, you know, had to move everything back. But, you know, uh, I, it is what you, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And, you know, I think the name of the game is kind of roll with the punches. And, yeah. you know, that's, there's, that's <laughs> so talk about the time that we've been in. You're just rolling with mm -hmm. punch after punch and getting up and getting up and getting up. So um, mm -hmm. I appreciate the question about like how I'm doing. Thankfully, I am doing well. Um, and so my hope is that my can I continue to do that and can continue to support folks who just aren't at the same place that I am. Yeah, that makes sense. Thank you so much for your time. This has been an incredible episode of the Black and Black Education Podcast. If you are interested in putting your child in a virtual school or are interested just in knowing more about a school that's created based off of community and social emotional learning, make sure that you check out Andrea and the Black Apple School.